back to the Open Table Podcast. My name is Aziza Gore, and this season I have someone with me, someone whom I love so much. Go ahead. Oh, it's me. It's Sarah Taylor. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, that was ominous. <laughs> I Yeah, maybe we can have someone just like throw in the, um, the drummies. Yeah, the like, yay, 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 instead of the dun, dun, dun. Yeah, because this is a good time. Not a bad one. Mm, that remains to be seen, but okay. Yeah, God is good. What was that thing we say? Um, God, is, God good. is present. God is absent. Well, there's the evangelical God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also the life is hard, God is present. Life is hard, God is absent. Life is good, God is present. Life is good, God is absent. Yeah. Um, the latter being more of a CCW thing. Yeah, what's, which one are you feeling right now? Of those Ooh, four. Um, uh, life is hard. God is tiptoeing in. Yeah. <laughs> God's got like a foot in the water, but like God's, God's still like, deciding. God's like hovering above the water and he's like, maybe I'll come visit you. Maybe I won't. Yeah. Oof. Really. I, yeah. Life is hard. God is kind of, God's kind of, God doesn't know what God wants. Or I don't know that God knows what God wants. Wow, we're, this is pretty dark for a Christian uh, <laughs> podcast. You know, but we're keeping it real. Which, honestly, I was just about to say if, we, if that could be our slogan for the semester, but that's already someone's slogan for a talk show. Mm. What about? Um, so I don't think that can authenticity copyright. over. What's like a like a a, a word for um not authentic not authentic but like produced like phony uh fake uh what do they authenticity Authenticity over over everything everything. wow thanks for that andrew honestly love that guy 10 out of 10 10 don't even get me started on that train i will just take my ticket and climb aboard and then just ride it until I have to get off yeah. because they kick me off. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, um, Andrew is our new sound engineer for these podcasts. Whoop, whoop. Very excited about this. Wow. Rip tie, honestly. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like he was great. But you know, out with the old and with the new. I'm just kidding. He's, he's still doing stuff. Just not this. Just not this. Um, which this is. Open Table Podcast. This season, we're talking about shame. And being. Shame and being. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're just going to try to dissect shame in, like, all parts of the human experience as much as we can within, like, this time frame. But I'm pretty excited about it. I have, like, which is, I have just a lot of experience with shame. So. Don't we all, though? Yeah. Like, what's the, what's like one of your earliest memories of shame? Earliest memory of shame? Um, probably when my family would laugh at me. Mm. <laughs> Sad. But no, I remember like, um, because when I was younger, sometimes, because we would speak Arabic at the house and then we'd speak English at school. And sometimes um, I was still pretty young and I couldn't really remember like when to use which and so sometimes I would be talking to American friends and I would just like start speaking Arabic mm. and one time I 
did that where I was like talking to a friend and then I referred to something in Arabic and like my mom was there and then she retold the story to my siblings and like I remember them just like thinking it was the funniest thing and I just couldn't understand what I did and I remember just feeling very like lost and left out of the conversation but like they thought something was funny at my expense I remember feeling really shameful Mm. yeah it might have been like like around five Mm. yeah what about you um I think I was in like first grade so I would have been like five or six Mm -hmm. um and we had spelling tests every week right Mm -hmm. because you gotta learn how to spell it's important um and we would have a pretest on Wednesday Mm-hmm. And if you got everything right on the pretest, you didn't have to take the test Thursday because, mm-hmm. you know, you already proved that you need stuff. And so um, I missed one word on the pretest this week. And my mom's like, OK, that's fine. Like, we'll study like you'll get like the perfect score on like the actual test tomorrow. And usually I like made 100 on the pretest and didn't have to take the test. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's already kind of like a thing yeah. that I like was going to have to take the actual test. Um, anyway, but then I took the actual test and I don't know, I don't know if I was just having a bad day or I blanked or what, but I made like an 88 on the actual test. Yeah. And I remember my mom was a teacher and she like pulled me aside in the lunchroom and like, just like completely was like, I don't know how, why this happened. Like, I don't know why you like, didn't like do what you were supposed to do. Like, and I remember just feeling like so small and like hurt and like like it was all my fault and I actually like got sick later that day like sick to my stomach and then like got like a fever and like yeah like I was just so ashamed because I felt so inadequate at this thing I was usually good at yeah like yeah the smallness that comes with shame is truly terrible because then it's just like um uh, and I I am always in this cycle of like I feel shame and then I feel small and then the thing that I wanted to do that made me feel shame anyways, now I can't do because I feel small. And it's just like this terrible cycle. And it's really hard to like get out of. Yeah. It shame is very much a cycle. That's a really like mm-hmm. way putting it. And it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Like oh, and you that. like cause like like you like bring about the bad things in yourself sometimes mm-hmm. and like you self-sabotage yeah. and like it's a whole thing yeah like, self-sabotage in shame is <laughs> yes because <laughs> it's like um I think about times when I'm like uh oh like with me I talk about this all the time I have like a whole thing with like talking and sometimes when I'm feeling really insecure about using my voice, I will, like, subconsciously speak softer. And so it's this thing where, like, I want, I have this desire to be heard, but then I feel shame because I feel so small that I won't be heard. And Mm -hmm. so then I speak softer, and then people don't hear me. Mm. And then it's just, like, I'm literally bringing about the thing that I'm, like, so scared of Mm -hmm. actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, 100%, I get that. Yeah. So, so on this series, what, what specifically are we going to be addressing? I know we kind of talked about the topic of shame, but like, yeah. 
what are we really trying to dive into here specifically with our episodes? Yeah, so academics is going to be one of them, mm-hmm. um, which honestly, a lot of my shame started in school too. Mm. Like a lot of my shame experiences like are around school, um, which <laughs> I don't know. What's your, your experience with school has been? <laughs> I mean, we literally just heard that one of my earliest experiences with shame that I can remember has to do with like not making the grade. Yeah. Like, and I mean, and I definitely like have very much a fear of failure and um, shame associated with not making a grade often. Yeah. Um, so like school's a really hard thing for me because I was generally good at it, which almost made it worse whenever I wasn't perfect at it mm-hmm. yeah I I'm so excited to like unbox that with you and like hear all of your stuff um but yeah school big one also body image yeah you want to talk about that a little yeah I um I have so many thoughts about <laughs> about how the world tries to make us see ourselves um and just like, just like representation, media, all of it, just all of it. And just like not meeting what quote unquote conventional beauty is and mm-hmm. like the effects that can have. And even people who do meet that, right, still are just like struggling. And yeah. so, yeah, we'll definitely be diving into what that looks like. Um, and also sexuality. Yeah. Who? Yes. That's a big one, particularly, I think, for those of us who grew up um, in like the evangelical church and purity culture. Purity culture. Purity culture. (laughs) That's a whole thing (laughs) in so many ways. But I mean, I think even society at large like has issues with sexuality and like how, particularly non-conventional sexuality not that like Mm -hmm. sexuality is such a spectrum and it's so varied and stuff but because we bought into a narrative that there was like a very set like way Mm. to be sexual yeah we've associated that as conventional when really it's all conventional right yeah like it's all been around for years yeah it's not new um but i think the way we're talking about it is new but Mm -hmm. i'm I'm also just excited to dive into like femininity and masculinity. Oh like yeah, those compartments of. We can talk about how I asked someone to give me lessons on how to be a girl. Oh no! Oh yes, that yeah. can. That's tune in. <laughs> tune in at a later I, date for that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that just like <laughs> triggered memories of like my parents being like, "That's not what girls do." Oh yes. Oh my god. Hated that. It was the worst. Yeah. It was the worst. Especially oh, I remember like car road trips and my brothers being able to just like sprawl their legs wide open and then I'm just like over here in a corner with my like legs tightly closed because oh girls don't keep their legs open right which like if you think about it like women are taught to shrink from the time they're born right and take up less space in the world like what does that have like in terms of ramifications for like the broader like scope of gender equality and like patriarchal ideologies and yeah 
I'm holding back because part of me is like, let's talk about it now. Let's go. <laughs> let's fix the world now. <laughs> um, and then honestly, faith. Yeah. Yeah. I, my faith I has changed so much. Like all this theological deconstruction, um, a lot of shame around a lot of shame is, and it's funny cause I like believe what I believe, mm-hmm. but then there's also like the very real doubt. Right. Right. It's really hard whenever you have become the wolf in sheep's clothing you were warned about as a child. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, that's really hard to like wrap your head around. It's like, Oh no, they told me I'm what I am now is the bad guy. Yeah. And they told me that I wouldn't see it if I was that. So what if, right. what I, you know. Say, fundamentalist religions tend to have, like, a way of keeping you in. And mm-hmm. part of it is, like, that sort of thought process that we've all been brainwashed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Everyone in the world. Everyone's brainwashed. brainwashed. <laughs> it's all, it's not real. It's all a simulation. Uh, that's going to trip me up. I, <laughs> I have to stop seeing life as a simulation, honestly. Um, I'm so excited to just be talking with you. Excited to talk with you. And yes, listeners, I hope you tune in for this ride.